lemon. I'm gonna go with raspberry. Vero, you got your package. Shake your package. Rip it completely open. Upfart. Upfart. Ah. Yeah. Nom oh. nom nom. I love Crunchy. Some lemon lemon hi everybody this is the apple of truth and if you're hearing some different words today at the beginning there is a reason for it because today we are welcoming you to the first summoning episode it's an episode of this podcast where we talk about the entire season that we just talked about in detail and summon what we learned from it you are really trying hard there i always do as vero the other person talking who you should know by now oh my god yes i'm vero hi because if you listen to this episode you hopefully have listened to the last first episodes we're trying to summon our thoughts and feelings and theories and facts in quotes of the last season we're gonna try to stay spoiler free but of course at the very end we might drift off into spoiler territory i'm gonna say we will we'll see (laughs) no spoilers but we will put in a warning before we delve into any spoiler content so if you listen to us while watching for the first time no worries we're not gonna spoil you. Part of the non-spoiled summoning episode is gonna be, of course, lots of Lucifer-related stuff. It's gonna include spoiler-free expectations for season two that we have. It's gonna have the abundant feedback we received after only 13 episodes. We're gonna talk a bit about Patreon and, non-surprising, we're also gonna talk about ourselves. Okay, we're gonna start with our character development. Tell me, Lina, who do you think developed the most over the season one? I have two options. I couldn't decide. For me, it's either Dan or actually Amenadiel. Okay, I will disagree on Dan because I don't think he develops. I think that we learn more about him. I'm willing to argue that point, but we'll see. Who's your most choice? I'm gonna say Mace. I didn't pick Mace because her development starts so late. But it moves tremendously. Had she left Lucifer, I would agree, because she's still around and still his protector and gotten back into his fold to be his inside woman. And really only in the last two episodes has this both of you are treating me like shit realization. Yeah. It was not enough and it was too late. Then for me, I can see your point that it is more, we learn more than it is actual development, but at least we learn steadily more about him. So for me, it's more storytelling character development, not character character development, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And Amanadiel is from his very first showing to his very last scene. There is so much. It feels like a completely different personality. Yes. Yeah, we can agree on Amanadiel both of us. So who's the least for you? Who had the least development? I have a feeling that we were gonna agree on that one as well. I think it's Chloe. Sad to say I have to agree but I had thought of someone else just to annoy you. Are you gonna say Trixie? Trixie. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) 
I know it's not really my opinion. I just good, but it would have annoyed you, right? It would have a lot because <laughs> Trixie is a child. Yeah, she's supposed to grow up. She had like ten minutes of time in the entire season on screen. That is true. Also, as the only character, she managed to have more teeth at the end than at the beginning. So she actually developed the most. Teeth are not character. But she is a character and she has extra teeth since the first time she appeared. It would be highly disturbing if any other character developed more teeth. But we're gonna let this rest <laughs> because I fully agree with you. Chloe, for me, has the least filled out arc. She's the most consistent, I'd say. But consistent is putting it extremely positive and I call it boring. And that is why we have different views at her. I'm not loving the fact that she's consistent but I think it would not be feasible for the show for all of the characters to be growing and changing because we as a viewer need an anchor in a certain way. We need at least something that's gonna work for us not just in a way of telling the story but in a character. I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. Chloe is old reliable? That reference doesn't click for you? No, sorry. Old Reliable is a dog from a story. <laughs> it's also a Buffy quote. There we go again. Of course it is. <laughs> I hear you. I don't disagree with you. I still don't like it. Fair enough. I would like for the show to challenge us more and trust us to follow along with more complex developments of all main characters. That sounds fair. I have another question. Tell me, with which character did your relationship change the most? I'm gonna go with Dan. Because I went from not caring to disliking, to caring and not liking, to actually understanding him, nearly liking him, then not understanding him, again not liking him, and then being okay with him, and now being very curious where this is gonna go. <laughs> It's not the first day, last day change that has been extreme, but he put me on a fucking roller coaster and all other characters have been very constant in either me developing more positive feelings for them or more negative feelings. I agree. What? Did not see that coming. In a way that we tend to develop the strongest relationship to somebody who puts us through a ringer. As much as I love other characters as much as I love Trixie and as much as I love Mace and Linda and Linda obviously Linda and as much as I think that Chloe is a really solid character and I adore Lucifer I feel like I have the most developed relationship towards Dan which is hilarious yeah it is 100% because I went through so many intense emotions towards him agreeing disagreeing hating not hating giving him brownie points taking away brownie points eating some brownies <laughs> <laughs> everything putting him in different Hogwarts houses <laughs> you did that I am 100% standing behind my decision but his different types of behaviors hinted at different types of houses yeah because we're all complex human beings in the end of the day I think a mini deal is a close second to me. Which is what I would have expected as your answer. Because the way he is presented at the beginning and then the way he develops. And we just talked about how much he changed in these short 13 episodes. Do you know why I expected you to go for a mini deal? Why? Because I felt that your commentary on Dan, why it has lost the venomous touch that it had in the early episodes, still always leans into the rather negative 
And with Amanda Deal in the beginning, you were also on the big no Amanda Deal is an asshole train. But at the end, you seem to have come to care for him and like him. That's fair enough. It was a very close second. I think the reason why I'm so critical towards Dan is that I see the potential for him to be better and I want him to be better. I think that this is slightly because I've seen the series before and I knew how season one is going to turn out and that he's not going to be complete douche for the entire time. So I was waiting for this to happen and therefore I was more upset about him not doing anything right and more critical about him being kind of on the fence or not doing anything 100% or stuff like that. So I am still going to be super critical, but it is because, as I said before, I have strong emotions towards the character. It's not necessarily positive emotions, but... (laughs) Question, is the fact that Dan is a human and Amenadeel is an angel relevant at all for that? Hmm, I think it might be, actually. Do you judge the characters differently depending on what species they belong to? I think I might. I haven't thought about this before. This is a really good question. That is good to know, because I don't. And we had a very strong argument, which I think we cut, about Maze's behavior, which I judged on a human level, and you kept telling me that she's a demon. Yeah, because I think that you expect something from an angel, and like the way Ames is first introduced, he is very black and white. You don't expect human emotions of him because he clearly is in a different mindset. And that may be, yeah, I, d- I never actually thought of that. Thanks for asking that. We're gonna keep an eye on how you judge characters in the future. But speaking on how we judge characters, there have been very, very interesting relationships between the characters. I mean, of course, there's the obvious relationship, Lucifer and Chloe. Oh, you mean Decker Star? I hate this name. <laughs> to put it very shortly, I don't like ship names that include the entire name of one of the characters. Decker is her surname. So the star part of Morningstar, I have no issue with, but it would have to be Dexstar to work for me. I don't like the whole name of her. But again, Dexstar, it sounds like Dexter for one, but Dexstar to me makes sense because it's the same amount of syllables as Morningstar. And I know that you hate it and that's why I always bring it up. I know. It's, of course, the most obvious relationship and we can talk about this, but let's keep that for a bit later. Right now, I would like to ask you about, in my opinion, way more interesting relationships, which are Chloe and Mace, Linda and Mace, Lucifer and Dan, and Lucifer and Amenadiel. Okay, Chloe and Mace only got together for a conversation in the last episode, right? Yeah, but they've known about each other and at least in one direction they have been very expressive dislike. Yes, and the reasons for the dislike were quite obvious. It was, this is gonna be a horrible simplification, but (laughs) it was kind of a catfight for Lucifer. They both were fighting to spend time with Lucifer, but didn't actually come out right and said it. They were both vying for his time and attention and I actually think... I think it's not a simplification. I think it's very accurate until the very last episode. Yeah, and then finally at the last episode, they for the first time get to have a conversation and realize they have more in common than they expected. And it doesn't necessarily have to come down to Lucifer. 
it doesn't have to be just about him because they can work on a level that doesn't include him which I am personally extremely excited about because this is what I'm gonna be looking for in the next season between the two of them absolutely I can't agree more my only additional thought is Chloe and Mace for me is the evolution of the cliche interaction of two females on a normal show and now we're moving towards a Bechdel test accurate presentation of women in a show let's see if we manage to have a proper conversation between these two female characters without the conversation being about a man which brings us to mace and linda my two favorite characters okay you go first then while i'm sad that the connection starts late-ish it feels to me extremely organic the first contact with linda in the bar when she interacts with mace was written very very natural and because of that it felt extremely logical that mace would sit on linda's couch and i also really appreciated that instead of copying the relationship that linda has to lucifer with the therapy mace decides to ask linda to be her friend I actually really hope that the friendship is going to be a thing because sadly in season one, after Mace and Linda become friends, we do not really get more information. I want to see their friendship, not just because they're my two favorite characters, but also because I like it when non-main characters get to have fully developed non-romantic relationships with other people. Yay! I agree. What I really like about this, and that kind of brings us to... The name of the show is Lucifer. Lucifer himself is quite a common factor in all of these relationships because... He is the reason, after all, why these two characters meet. And I appreciated and liked the way we got introduced to Linda as a sort of a replacement for Mace. In the trust department, yes. In a sense of Lucifer needed somebody to confide in and Mace just didn't make the cut anymore. Because she was judging him every time he talked to her about Chloe and humans in general. What I'm trying to say is that pretty much these two characters... In a sense, you would expect them to be replaceable because they are technically doing the same role towards the main character. But because they are so vastly different in their approaches, Mm. it makes it more interesting. And then when they get brought together, it just puts us on a whole nother level of relationship. Again, as you said, there is a massive potential of something really, really cool. And I am very hopeful that's going to get built on in the next season. One part that I've found to be handled extremely well in their relationship is the fact that both of them had sex with Lucifer is exactly zero issue between the two of them. Usually when two characters had had sex with the same other character, it is always used as a focus point of tension. I think that's because you would expect this to be emotional problem for one of them. But because both of them were engaging in a consensual, no strings attached sex. It makes perfect sense for the character, but it's very unusual for a TV show. And so I appreciate that they did not shoehorn additional tension in there where Character-wise, it has no reason to be. Just to fit the box. Yeah. Next one, we had Lucifer and Dan. Yes. I have thoughts. Please share them with me. I find their character development and arc and a relationship extremely fun to watch. I love that Lucifer is all for, I'm gonna stand up for what I believe is right. And I believe that Dan is treating Chloe like shit. 
I'm not trying to impress her. I'm just doing it because I believe it's right. And that kind of builds the beginning of the relationship where Dunn feels threatened and Lucifer feels, for the lack of a better word, protective. Mm -hmm. Once they get to know each other a little bit better, you can see the growing respect from both sides. And even though still at the end of the season they completely despise each other for some things, they learn to respect each other and trust each other when it comes to Chloe in some things. So I really liked that development and the change of the dynamic that kind of happened three quarters into the season. I have nothing to add. You covered everything that I would have had to say. Phew. <laughs> well, one thing I'm cute, but it's, it's not really between them, but I think it fits here. I'm super curious if Dan would or will be as abrasive to any other potential suitor of Chloe as he was towards Lucifer. If it is Lucifer related or if it is a general this is my wife, I don't want any other man swirling around her because we didn't have any other mm. male suitors in this season for Chloe. The real question is would he treat somebody else the same way while in the same situation and time frame because I think what they're trying to show us there in my opinion is that there was no other suitor until now there was nobody else competing for her heart and I feel like this is the moment where Dan realizes that he has done fucked up and he needs to change his behavior because he has competition even though it's not technically competition because Lucifer is not interested in relationship with Chloe he is interested in having sex with her at least for the first half of the season it just kind of lights a fire under Dan's butt to just see if he's generally a jealous butthole or if it was Lucy specific speaking of buttholes <laughs> the last couple I wanted to talk about is of course Lucifer and Amanda Deal I don't have a lot to say but I've found it interesting because in the very beginning it's the cliche oh they're brothers they don't like each other they're on opposing sides Ooh. and in a few episodes Amanda Deal pops up and still tries to threaten Lucy to behave like a good small brother and do the shit you're told even without the angel stuff all not that unusual and then we have the episode with the stolen wings which in the end turns out to be Amanda Deal's doing but still it is Lucy coming to his brother for eight mm -hmm. which was a first small changing point in their relationship and then of course we have this huge escalation at the very end with Amenadiel realizing that he's failing his mission and he has really done fucked up now with Malcolm and needing Lucifer's help and Lucifer actually agreeing to helping him I'm very curious, especially how the last episode ended with mom and Lucifer being so terrified, how those two will continue because while they have proven they can work together, they are still siblings and they still have a ton of baggage in between them. I'm very curious how this whole mom-brother dynamic is gonna work. We still have a lot of archangel names that have not been used in this show. Do we get a mama's boy angel, which most likely would be Gabriel, I would expect? Because Michael is basically a man of deal, so it wouldn't surprise me. You said this one thing there in a certain way. They can work together, but in the end of the day, they're siblings. Yes, I absolutely agree. They proved they could work together. I think that 
the reason they are able to work together even with so much bad blood between them is because they're brothers, because they're family. So I think that's going to be an interesting point of view, but that's also the reason why they fight so much and the way they're fighting. I'm quite excited about that because they now have like a common cause. So basically it's the, you don't have to like your family to love your family. Yes, pretty much. Okay. Coming up... We have our next segment, which we called Themes of Season 1. Why do we call it Themes of Season 1? Because when we wrote this rough outline of the summoning episode, these five points were what both of us considered to be the pillars of this season. Obviously, we already talked about character development, which is the basis of every good show. But those five main themes are the pillars of season one. And if you disagree with anything we say right now, please do let us know. We're gonna talk about any feedback we get for summoning episode one in summoning episode two after season two. You start with our first pillar, please. Okay, first thing that we get introduced to is a relationship with Mace and Lucifer. And that is somewhat showing us where is our main character coming from? What is his life right now at the beginning? And how we can get into his world. It kind of shows us the way he treats people and demons around himself. So it's really important for us to pay attention to their relationship because this is a relationship that hasn't just happened. It's been around for millennia and it tells us a lot about the characters themselves. I also find it extremely interesting that while the devotion Mace has for Lucifer, and we talked about this at length in each of the episodes, feels a very one-way street. The dismissiveness that sometimes comes through with Lucifer towards Mace is in such a stark contrast towards his evolving behavior towards Chloe. So this relationship is what gives us the baseline for the Lucifer side. Mm -hmm. It does help that Tom Ellis is a brilliant actor, also, in my opinion, it does help that Mace and Lucy, they have angry chemistry. And I love it because it works really well for this pairing. Also, I'm pretty sure that Lucifer cares about Mace way more than he's letting on. I think he's not capable of showing it at this stage. And I'm really excited about where this is going to go. Because there is so much unspoken and there is so much shit that happened between them before we even got close to them. So, as I said, it's... It's a relationship that's been around for millennia. There is a lot to uncover. And I really hope that we do uncover. And also it's such a great contrast for the second pillar because the relationship between Chloe and Dan is what gives us our fundament for Chloe. And here again we have a relationship that reaches back, now not millennia, but only a few years, but long enough that they have a child together, that they have shared history and shared problems. And while Maze and Lucifer's relationship, especially in the beginning, is one of blind trust, Chloe and Dan are the inverted mirror image. Mm -hmm. They start out not trusting each other, having issues and working better and better and better through these issues, while on the other hand Mace and Lucy's relationship breaks more and more apart. So I found the juxtaposition extremely interesting and I always describe 
Chloe as this boring, white knightish, single tone character, which I know you completely disagree. But for me, Dan is the one murky influence on Chloe in her life before Lucifer enters. Mm-hmm. So I also find this very, very interesting how the former partners relate to each other in comparison. So in a sense, as we talked before that Linda replaced Mace, in a sense, Chloe replaced Mace. Both replaced her for different areas. Yeah, so Chloe ended up being replacement for Mace and Lucifer ended up being replacement for Dan, in a sense. Yeah. It obviously gives us completely different relationships between those characters and dynamics, because they're completely different characters. But it's really interesting to see Lucifer and Chloe has met each other in a certain point of their lives, and it was the perfect starting point for them having an interesting, close, working relationship. And maybe not just working, we'll see. We already have a rough framework of their backstory. And now all that is missing is filling the shelves. Yeah, nicely said. And I want them to fill the shelves. And I'm curious what they're going to put in there. Mm -hmm. I want all the details. Yay. I'm here for it. (laughs) I am shook. (laughs) Speaking of being shook. Dear listeners, every time I make a segue like this, Vero cries, because that means her editing job just became much harder. If you guys feel like there was some hard cuts in uh, episode 13, believe me, it had to be done. No, it hadn't. It could have been two hours. (laughs) I don't know where this came from. So, speaking of being shook, Faith is the third pillar of the season and let's be honest probably the show wait are we talking about the vampire slayer i wish we were no sadly we're only talking about religious faith i was very very happy when we had the scene in the car and chloe talks about not believing in any of this i very much appreciate that she has no obvious connections to religion or faith. She's not a practicing Christian. She didn't go through a crisis of faith or whatever. I very much appreciate Chloe being pretty much an atheist Mm -hmm. while being paired with a freaking angel. Unknowingly, but still, I like this pairing. Because let's not kid ourselves, at some point she is gonna learn and realize and accept that Lucifer is who he says he is. Because it's gonna be one of the finales. Duh. That's obvious. So I very much appreciate that we're gonna have an atheist be fucking slapped in the face with the fact that the whole shebang actually exists. So I'm really, really curious how this is gonna be dealt with on the character of Chloe. Yeah. We have the whole positive faith with the brilliant episode with the preacher episode nine priest walks into a bar and we both talked about this at length in that episode frank is one of the most positive depictions of faith and we both wish that real life people had faith more like this but also we have the entire faith crisis of lucifer himself which is less religious which i find hilarious that the angel's faith crisis is not much about religion but more about faith in yourself well technically faith in himself is a faith in an angel he doesn't need to be shaken about his faith of 
God. Because he doesn't have to have faith, he has knowledge. Exactly. So his faith must be into something else. And it's not, and that is kind of the issue. Which kind of brings us to the fourth pillar. That is a great segue into therapy and reinvention of oneself, which is a massive, massive theme of season one. It's something that gets introduced and we were praising a lot because hashtag therapy for all. As we said many times before, everybody should do therapy for their own good. And for their peers, because if you know and like yourself better, you have an easier time interacting. For sure. But also that brings us to Linda and we haven't got a chance to talk about Linda that much so far. Linda is an amazing character and she is very important in moving the plot along, but she is also very interesting interesting on an actual real character level so she's not just a pawn of the writers the way she is handling therapy is absolutely amazing we've talked about this many many times over the last 13 episodes i wish she was my therapist oh same she is that good she makes me think about myself and she makes me rethink my life and that is what therapy is kind of for isn't it to give us the opportunity to look inwards and reassess our thoughts and processes yeah and doubt ourselves and build on those doubts and resolve those doubts and doubt ourselves again to grow not doubt question question okay sorry doubt is negative question is positive to question ourselves and on that questioning built the better person and evolve which is the second part the therapy bit i don't even have to add anything but also the reinvention part it's such a staple in this show that who you were is not deciding who you can be and i feel like this is one of the most important messages that we get alongside with the therapy positive vibe that if you decide that you want to become better that you want to change you can do this and it's okay to change it is okay to not have all the answers go looking for them and when you have new information to have a new point of view to have a new standpoint to evolve yourself your mind your emotions and your character i feel like this reinvention part it often gets tried to be done but i feel like lucifer does an exceptionally good job yeah so i find that extremely impressive it's one of the reasons why i like this show so much because as listeners might have noticed i can complain about several characters or writing or happenings but i honestly and truly love this show and this pillar this theme is one of the main reasons because this in combination with the character development we talked about in the beginning it humanizes this show for me and if i can actually relate to most of the characters that i'm watching then i'm enjoying myself and then i'm taking something away from it on a positive level and then i want to spend my time with this i think what you just said is kind of a base of our interactions and our interest in things and people in general if we get an engaging interesting conversation out of it we tend to come back for more that is actually quite nice kind of summoning of a podcast itself yeah <laughs> Because if you do enjoy the conversation that 
the people are having essentially you people who listen to us are listening to us having chats about something that we enjoy and regardless if you like the show or if you like us debating the show you're still here and the reason is that you somehow relate to what we share or you hate us so much that you need to listen to us over and over again i don't know unlikely at this point because we did not receive any hate mail yay <laughs> yet speaking of hate <laughs> now you did it whoop, whoop, i'm proud whoop. of you it's a very good segue i'm proud of you we agreed that one of the biggest themes of season one are daddy issues or parental issues, we can say more like, because we don't know Maze's parents. Not inside the story. I can provide some insight where demons supposedly came from. But not inside of the lore of the show. We don't know her parents. But other than that... We only know parents of Lucy and Chloe. Oh yeah, actually, that's true. We don't know any other parents, which I found extremely interesting. But you go first. Okay, so the only parental issues that we know of, the only two characters that we know of even having a parent, are Lucifer and Chloe, who are our main characters. And both of their relationships with their dear parents are very complicated and, let's say, not very good, I'd say. <laughs> I think that might be another thing that kind of brings them together and gives them another thing to relate to each other. Before anyone writes in to tell us, but you forgot, yes, Trixie does have parents and Amenadiel obviously also has a father. But for the sake of the focus point, the relevant people with parents are Chloe and Lucifer. And I found it very curious that Chloe has a mother who is overbearing and intrusive and tried to maneuver her into a certain direction that Chloe then rejected and went into another direction. And on the other hand, we have Lucifer who has a father who was very intrusive and pushed him into a certain direction that he then decided to push away and go into another one. And a very absentee mother because, as we apparently learned in the last episode, his mom had been in hell. So having on Chloe's side the mom being the intrusive force and on Lucifer's side the dad being the intrusive force, it matches very, very well. Because the male character has the daddy issues and the female character has the mommy issues. On one hand, it's very similar, but also it's very compatible to each other. The jagged pieces fit into each other because they're not identical, but they match. I found that super curious. And I actually do wonder if we're gonna have more with Penelope. And I also found it interesting that Lucifer got along quite well with Penelope, while Chloe does not believe in Lucifer's father. But at the same time, do you think that Chloe would get on with God if they met? Oh, no, not at all. Really? No, I don't think so. Do you think they would not bond over Lucifer? No, I think that Chloe would take the same issue I'd take with God in him being unfair and cruel. See, interesting is that you don't like the character of Chloe, yet you feel with her very often. Yes, why do you think I don't like her? <laughs> you should like yourself better. That's not actually what I mean. People that feel too familiar are way easier to dislike. True. So I find this whole comparing the sides and having the, the matching pieces on both sides with the mommy and the daddy issues and everything extremely curious and I really hope that it continues to evolve. Next up, we wanted to have a peek at all the things we tried to keep an eye on in season one. One of the easiest things to look at are the questions that I try to keep track of. 
It's not a complete list because confession time, I did not go back and listen to our own episodes in the beginning. But it's a pretty good list if a question that you still remember and consider relevant is missing, please let us know. We have one list which we called questions for the convention because, just in case you forgot, next year there's going to be a Lucifer convention and Vero and I are going and we're going to try and ask as many questions as possible and get answers for not just us but also for you lovely people. So questions for the conventions. The first one is, did they have an onset consultant therapist? Because obviously the therapy is extremely good and competent. And quite in depth. Next question is, why is the music in a different pitch than the original songs. A thing I never realized, but this is why we are two people, Vero's hearing, much better than mine. Third question for the convention is, for whom does Tom Ellis fanboy? I forgot about that one. That's a good question. Question four, which we're gonna have to ask Ildi or Joe, how old is Chloe? We had a lengthy discussion about this. I think we landed on like early 30s, right? We try to do math, but we want an H. Yes. Of course, the next question is, what is Amenadiel's goat story with Lucifer from episode 11? Next question is, do angels on Lucifer have souls? Which is a question I think I wanted to ask because of the whole soul business. It was one of our supernatural comparisons. Another question that we only have because Vero is spending time watching the cut content. Why was the dialogue scene between Dan and Malcolm cut in episode 12 as it gives us much needed information as to why the fuck they are still working together? And it was a very short scene, so why did it have to be cut? And the last question for the con is would Chloe have turned in Dan after learning about the gun if he had not done so himself? And this question is a question we are gonna have to ask because this spawned a 40-minute fight. The first one we had. By fight, we don't mean a debate. It was a full-blown fight rage. This is why we cut it, because it was not fun to do and it was not fun to listen to. But it needed to be done. It needed to be done. And the only persons to answer this question are, of course, Joe and Ildi. Absolutely. Because they write the fucking show. So this is, for me at least, the most important question. But of course, dear listeners, if you think that another question, especially one that I missed in my list is way more important let us know and we're gonna put it on second spot or something we also still have two questions for the show i'm still waiting for the show to answer those those are not questions that i would ask at the convention question one is where does lucifer get his money from dan tells us that lux is losing money so there needs to be a source of lucifer's considerable wealth and the second question is why does Lucifer despise children? Is it just because they're boring to him? Because nothing in classic biblical lore supports a dislike of children for the devil. And this is Lena reporting from Question Front. Well done. Thank you, Lena. Back to the studio. And back to me. And I'm going to move on to my segment that has been very short. <laughs> I remember in one episode, we were trying to figure out a jingle for ourselves. Good thing we didn't. I think I ended up cutting majority of that because it was so bad. It was so bad. People, we were drunk. I'm not sorry for cutting. I am not. But it is the eyeliner watch. Eyeliner, eyeliner watch. watch. 
It was something like that, but worse. It was so <laughs> dissonant. So dissonant. Anyhow, eyeliner watch was fun. But in the end, yes, I still see the eyeliner. Every single time I look at Lucifer, I see the eyeliner. I don't. Which is interesting because you are the one who brought it up to me in the first place. It has normalized for me. Yeah. What do we know now about the eyeliner? Is that Lucifer wears it and Ames wears it. In the end of the season, though, we have come to acknowledgement that Lucifer eyeliner is more visible in a darker scenes than in the outdoorsy ones. And it's a family trait, so Lucifer and Amenadiel both wear it all the time. It makes sense that it's stronger inside than outside because you have a day look and you have a night look. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Says the person who literally does not know how to do her makeup. You and me both, sister. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, eyeliner watch kind of faded out because it's constant, it's there, you see it all the time and it just felt pointless to talk about it every episode. But what did not fizz out was the next thing that we followed, and that is our playlist. I'm so glad you started this. I know, same. And I'm so glad you started it without saying anything, because I would have been against it, and I'm so glad you're doing this. What? Why would you be against it? It's so much work. But you're doing it, so I don't mind. And I like doing it. I like stopping, and I like looking up the names of the songs, and trying to connect the way the names and the songs relate to certain scenes. And I like the fact that now I have a playlist I can put on, and it's gonna be really good and nice easygoing music every time i listen to the playlist it feels like watching lucifer i don't know why it's very specific they have a very good hand in picking their music as much as i complain sometimes about the two obvious titles the style and theme of the songs is extremely well done and it's very consistent as well you have certain type of music that is happening when you're moving from one scene to another and you have a very specific style of music that is playing in lux but also I don't know how much you listen to the playlist yourself on Spotify. At some point, you're through the playlist and then Spotify keeps adding songs that matches what you've been listening to. And there's so much good music coming when you have run through the the TAOT playlist. Repeatedly, I will start the playlist, sometimes even at the end, to just get to the randomized input from Spotify and suddenly Spotify will play me songs that I didn't know or hadn't listened to on Spotify before and go like, oh, I really like this. Nice. Thank you for that playlist. Do you have a favorite song on the playlist? No, because I always let the playlist run and I don't look at Spotify while the music is playing. Fair enough. I actually do have some favorites on the playlist myself, though. Tell us. I actually have a couple that come out for me quite intensely. And one of them, I cannot say no to that song, is Eye of a Tiger. It is one of my all-time favorite songs. It's so overplayed for me. It is very overplayed, but to me, every single time it gets used somewhere, it just gives it another layer. Knowing it's from Rocky made me like it a lot. And then it got a little bit too much. And then I started watching Supernatural and I saw how they use the song in Supernatural. And now that is mainly what it's connected to right now. The whole Jens Knuckles slash Dean Winchester situation. Which is the reason why it's overplayed for me. But that being said, it got used on another show that I absolutely adore. And that is Lucifer. And that's why I get to have it on this playlist. 
So that was one of the obvious picks. But if I would go to two songs that I love because I know them from Lucifer, it's A No Rest for the Wicked, which is the first song we hear ever on the show. And I just really like the lyrics. I think they're fun. I think it's a really good paced song. And I just enjoy it a lot. And then the other one is A Little Wicked, which is the song that plays when... uh, Mace is meeting Amenadiel for coffee in setup for betraying Lucifer. Yes to the last one, no to the other ones, because Ain't No Rest for the Wicked for me is extremely overplayed. Even before Lucifer was a thing, I had this on my overplayed list. For me, I have two songs. One is because of my personal connection, and I talked about this in the episode. That is the Knocking on Heaven's Door. See, that one is extremely overplayed for myself. I fully understand it is an overplayed song, but for some reason, no matter how overplayed, the song doesn't fail to make me tear up and give me goosebumps. There's the emotional connection and it's an extremely personal one, so this is the only reason. But with only a connection for Lucifer, I have to say it's Sinnerman. Both the version sung by him in the show and the Nina Simone one that you put into the playlist. Because I think it's the first proper performance that we get from him. Yes, it is. And not gonna lie, Tom Hellis is amazing on the piano with singing. The piano really fits his voice. Mm-hmm. And the scene is shot great and the lyrics fit the whole theme and yada yada yada. So that in itself. And the Nina Simone version that you put into the playlist is extremely good as well. Obviously. So for me, this is the unofficial anthem of the season. Mm -hmm. Because he is the original sinner. He fell and the lyrics match. And so it's... uh. Look, I'm gonna admit that going through the playlist, I just kind of wanted something that represents the show for me. And... I understand how Zimmerman does that for you. What I didn't think of are the Tom Ellis versions. <laughs> and I didn't think of the original versions of all the songs. Because I have talked about this before. I fucking adore jazz. And the way some of these songs are not just sang by Tom Ellis. Because he is a very, very good singer. And what he brings to the song is something else. It's very enjoyable and I love it. But that being said, I love the original so fucking much. No argument there. Moving on to the last Lucifer-related point, which is spoiler-free expectations for season two. We already talked about a lot of those things or teased about a lot of those. I personally hope especially for more insight into pretty much everything. This is my baseline. I want more of everything. I don't need new characters. I don't need new love affairs. I don't need new connections. I want to explore the existing ones in more depth. I'm aware that with the mom thing, we have at least one new character. That's a given. And I think we talked about this in the last episode, that we have no idea who mom might be because Christian lore does not deliver or provide us with a precedent. Uh, Mother Nature is highly unlikely. There might be the whole light and dark thingy that we've seen in Supernatural, but there's nothing that gives us anything. Except Lucifer seems terrified. I have, it's not an expectation, it's a hope. Linda and Maze's friendship. Mm-hmm. And of course, one of my repeated complaints give me more cases that are not as obviously and lazily personally connected to each character. But I doubt that's gonna happen. 
Those are my expectations, hopes and wishes. They have to move the plot along somehow, Lina. I know, but I'm saying wishes. I don't have to be rational. Yeah, fair. Okay, if irrational wishes are in play, a lot of what you said I'm kind of hoping for as well. And... I am gonna bring it down to Trixie as well. <laughs> of course you are. Of course I will. I am hoping that we get a little bit more of her in a sense of her relationship, not just towards her parents, because we just got a little sneak peek of her relationship to Lucifer, which was cool. But what I was really interested in was the friendship that she started with Mace. And I think that has a big potential because Mace is everything that you would not want your child to be exposed to what in our normal perception of raising up a sane human (laughs) she's 100 honest and if anyone touches Trixie, she's probably gonna disembowel them or something yeah but this is not what is socially acceptable that's okay (laughs) no i fully agree with you so i'm really excited about that as well as that the mace and linda relationship is having some really interesting potential because now that would mean that Mace has somebody she is on the level with. And I think that Linda presents a lot of really interesting challenges for Mace because Linda will give her shit. And vice versa. And vice versa, yes. But I think that the relationship between Mace and Chloe, as much as it does have potential as well, is not on the same level. They would not give each other that much of a pushback and I don't feel there is a potential for as much love as between Linda and Mace. I am gonna lose my shit in a negative way if Dan continues to be a cop. Hmm, interesting. I said so in the last episode. Him coming clean is a necessity to be able to keep any kind of relation with Chloe as the father of her child. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, what he has done and how far Malcolm has driven the very, very unhealthy relationship, he cannot stay a cop. Seems very timely right now. Yeah. So if he stays a cop, I'm gonna flip a fucking lid. Okay. Fair warning. (laughs) In continuation of my expectation. Sorry. Kinda bulldozed in there. Hijacked my thought. Mom-related content I am very excited about. Mom as Lucifer mom or mom as Penelope? Mom as Lucifer mom. Because it's a new character and I enjoy new characters. You're so different. We are very different in that point of view. I think we're going to have a big lengthy debate at the beginning of the next season about introduction of new characters into TV shows. But regardless, I am quite excited. And let me tell you, spoiler free, it's going to be fun. You can say more at the end of our summoning episode. This is all I'm going to say right now because I'm going to get more into this after I little jingle later on. All right. Any more expectations, wishes, hopes? That about summons it. Summons it. I am going with this. I love that you're going for this. So this concludes our Lucifer-related content. For the second part of the summoning episode, we're gonna do feedback, Patreon, and personal. It is time to take a look at a little bit of a feedback from our listeners. Little being the operative word, (laughs) because to people listening to this in the future, this might come as a surprise. As of now, we have a very dedicated but small group of listeners. In the current times, having the time to actually send in feedback or write comments is kind of hard to come by. So we very much appreciate our one 
review that we have and our one feedback email. We're going to start with the review. Because it's shorter. Yes. Definitely not sober reviews. What? <laughs> Five stars. That's how it starts. Oh, right. Sorry. That wasn't clear. <laughs> This is how it starts. Definitely not a sober reviews. Five stars. By Lada. This is the first Lucifer podcast I found that I feel is worth listening to. They are opinionated, but funny. And you can tell that they don't always record their episodes sober. <clears throat> It's a fun deep dive though, and you can feel the love for a certain fallen angel and his whole show from every episode. Thank you very much. And yeah, we're gonna talk about the alcohol issue later on. We are definitely not sober right now. I am. That was only four shots. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm sober. <laughs> I'm not drunk, but I'm not sober. However, that's not what I'm starting to say. I forgot what I was gonna say. Never mind. It's a lovely review. Thank you very, very, very much. If anybody else wants to give us a review on iTunes, we hear that it actually helps other people find the podcast because with more reviews, the algorithm will push us higher on the lists and it is a way for us to get more new listeners. And we are fully aware that actually submitting a review on iTunes is a pain in the ass. So if you take the time and pain to submit a review there, you have our undying gratitude. Absolutely. And if it's a five-star review, even better. We have one lovely, lovely feedback from one of our Patreons. Lottie sent us an email. This email says, Hi there, here you have a bit of my feedback. Do what you want with it. It's not complete or that much due to stress. Please excuse this. I am very sorry. Lottie, no need to be sorry. Thank you for sending in our very only feedback. You're the best. Content. Love the tangents. Love the playlist. Yay! Where did the brownie points go? Is there a total score? Personally, I'm not really interested in the description on IMDb, German, English, Amazon of the episode. In my humble opinion, you could use the time a bit better, but I also get why you do it. Just wanted to put that out there. For the actual content, loving it. Thank you for the yay on attention in the playlist. We kind of forgot about the brownie points and moved it into Hogwarts house points. But we still don't count them. It's a figure of speech. I have an idea. Why don't you count and give us a score <laughs> at the end of each season? You like redistributing the labor. Look, I'm just extremely lazy person. And honestly, making the playlist is an engagement too much. That's the person who has to edit all our content. Also that. We kind of forgot about the brownie points. It moved into Hogwarts houses, which, spoiler, is gonna be a thing during season two. And please expect frequent polls on Twitter. Talking about the IMDb and Amazon description, I am actually with you, Lottie. We started with it, and in the beginning there was enough difference in the descriptions to be interesting. But I think in season two it's mostly gonna be making sure what weird and hilarious titles the Germans come up with. Also, I like when you just run through it real quick to make sure that everybody's on the level of what episode are we watching. We're gonna have one summary, but not much blah around it, except for the few times that the Germans make a mess out of the translated title. Moving on in the feedback email. Ideas. Don't know if that's allowed, but maybe you could insert a snippet like 5 to 15 seconds of your favorite song from the episode into 
each episode. Because all the names, titles and bands are interesting and the playlist is gold. But as if I have the slightest idea which song you're actually talking about. Sadly, not an option. We read up before we started doing this podcast. We cannot put any amount of seconds of licensed music into this podcast. Which is why a wonderful, wonderful person... Oh, you mean our Patreon Mick? Yes, made our intro music. And we are internally grateful because he is a great musician and he did take inspiration from the Lucifer theme. And we love it. And it's really lovely. It's amazing. It really works for us and I enjoy it. So shout out to Mick. Shout out to Mick. But sadly, that's a no on any type of licensed music to be sampled in the show. Next up in the feedback email, summarize all the questions you have at the end of each season. Well, we already did that, just as you pointed out in the email. Maybe you'll do that already. Jinx! And the last point in the feedback email, if you quote or refer to something, please put it in the info box or the description on Patreon for the possibility to research it further and not fail because of some pronunciation understanding issues. Well, 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 Lottie, as a Patreon of ours, you have access to our show notes. All our quotes and references are inside the show notes. We try to put the most important ones into the description, but if we put all in there, it would get very, very lengthy. So if any one of our lovely listeners, just like Lottie, is interested in all our sources and links and quotes and I don't know what else, you need to be a believer because then you get the show notes for every single episode. I do try to put all the most relevant links into the episode descriptions. I'm gonna try to do a better job of it. And if you're still unsure or want to know more, don't hesitate to tweet at us or to send us a PM anywhere or email us to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. We tell you all the ways to contact us at the end of each episode or... You can just ask us at Discord if you're a patron. We're here for you. The email ends with have fun. I love you too. Two as in two people. <laughs> and all I can say is thank you so much for sending in the feedback. We love you too. Two as in also. Wow. I'm sorry I had just, to do it. Wow. So that was lovely. Speaking of feedback, during the episode with the horrendous pickup artist, I called out to our wonderful listeners to send us a screenshot of the fly in Tom Ellis's hair. Sadly, no one found the fly. So no one gets free stickers. Boo. But just to prove that there actually was a fly, we will, of course, add a link to the picture that I took of the episode. Because if we spot something, we're gonna prove it. That's what we do. Research deep. Booyah. But as we were speaking of Patreon, we did a special shout out to some particular patrons, which we stand by. But this comes out to all of our patrons who have been with us for a few months now. It is such a privilege 
to have you guys supporting us. It's so nice to know that even the little bit that you can donate every month goes to us and we are able to take this money and it helps with covering expenses that we have with the podcast. So hosting fees, distributing our episodes, covering our stickers, all the stuff that we do and we had to get to even start this podcast. Neither of us had a professional microphone before we started this. So this is where the money goes to and this is what we're trying to put it towards to try to get from the red numbers and you guys are helping us do that. So thank you so much for supporting us. We really, really appreciate it. I was about to say exactly the same thing. We really appreciate it. And of course, we have lofty, lofty goals in the future. If you check out our Patreon page, there is a tidbit that says goals. Some of you early listeners might remember, we started out as a bi-weekly podcast and then COVID-19 happened. Suddenly, Vero found herself with a lot more time on her hands. And we talked and we decided, well, you know what? It might have been our first goal, but we could just go weekly now. Just because my workload hadn't changed, or quite contrary, had become more, Vero committed to shouldering all of the weight of the major editing. And that enabled us to switch to weekly, even without reaching our original Patreon goal. And even now, with COVID restrictions being less and less, we're still managing. And so we changed our goals. We have decided to split those goals into two stepping stones, let's say. I love the word stepping stone. And we decided to get a little creative with the numbers. We could set a goal at 100, 200 patrons, 50, 75, all these beautiful round numbers. No, we've decided to set it at 69. Of course we did. We called it a heavenly number. I mean, Lena called it a heavenly number. But you know what? I agree. It brings two people to heaven. Exactly. (laughs) But what will happen when we reach 69 patrons? Once we hit that number, we will open doors to a TAOT merch store. We are not 100% sure how that's gonna look like just yet. We feel like we have some time to debate that. It's gonna be in some capacity. We will present you with at least our basic designs and you will be able to order them online. That is kind of the first idea that we have and we will work on that a little bit more into details when the time is right and the time will be right when we reach 69. That's what we said. That brings us to the next goal which is at 1 to 3, 123 patrons. That will be a goal where we will to get a little bit more serious when it comes to software and hardware and all of our equipments. We will review what we have, what we can get better and we will upgrade as much as we can to make sure that what you hear is as high quality as possible. So this is the future lookout of where we would like to go together with you. And if you feel like that's something that you want to help us with, feel free to go to patreon.com slash daot podcast and join our patreon it really helps us to see that you are listening you are out there and you are interested in what we're doing and you want to help us to get better speaking of joining the patreon right now we have two tiers we have the heathens and we have the believers in each tier you get benefits that you have then access to we are considering adding a third tier but 
since Patreon is the basis of communication between creators and consumers, we are very, very curious. What would you like to have in a third tier? It would obviously be a higher tier than the current Believer one. So everything in the Believer tier is most probably going to be included. So what is missing for you personally when you look at the Believer tier? What it is that would make you join a higher tier of our Patreon? And with that talk being out of the way, I think this is a time to talk a little bit more about us. Finally, we talked all about them and the show. I mean, we've managed to squeeze in a couple of personal stories that nobody cares about. But, you know, as is clearly not enough. <laughs> we've never actually managed to talk about ourselves and our motivations. You can read how we met in our bio on Facebook, but we have never actually had the opportunity to get into it on on the actual podcast. What is the first thing you remember about meeting? About us meeting or about us talking about a podcast? Well, let's start with meeting because that's not that far apart from each other. It's nearly exactly half a year apart from each other. And it's nearly exactly a year from our first meeting. Yeah, we met, I think, a bit more than a year ago. And we met... In Rome. And when in Rome? Do as the Romans do, which is go outside, have a smoke, and in my case, get complimented on my unicorn leggings by a random woman standing outside <laughs> with great hair. Oh, thank you. Because she gave me a compliment. My logical consequence was to offer her a shot. Because when I travel to conventions, I like to bring a lot of alcohol with me. And what can I say? Somebody offers me booze, I will not say no. Exactly. So she she gave me a compliment, I offered her booze, she came along, dragged her sister with her and... Friendship was born. Yeah, on the basis of compliments and alcohol and I mean... I mean, what else is better than these two things? That's what all friendships should be based on. Yeah, absolutely. And then we got to spend a lot of time at this weird Rome convention for a totally different show. Supernatural. <coughs> and... <laughs> Shocking. We got connected on Facebook and realized that we were gonna attend other events as well. And one of those was about four weeks later. And again, about Supernatural, right? <laughs> so weirdly enough, we got there and we were volunteering together. Oh, yes. They put us on the same duty, even though we didn't request it. It was so great. We had so much fun for the entire weekend when we had our stewarding duty. And we got talking to so many people. And I think this was the point where we realized that we actually work really well together. Yeah, I think so. You might have noticed that Lina is a very persuasive personality and when she decides somebody should do something, she will try to make them do it. No, 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 no. When I decide that I want to spend more time with someone, I will find ways. And the easiest way, because sadly, Vero and I live in different countries. Of course, we could simply visit each other, but then only one person would have to travel. And the easiest way is if we simply both meet at more events. No, this all started because you forced me and my sister to get tickets to Lux. I didn't force you to get tickets for Lux. Well, you said you were going to go. Yeah. We were already <laughs> considering going. I gave you the final push. I did not force you. It was another reason to go for us. And at the time that was supposed to happen in February, and I wasn't sure if I was 
was able to get the time off for a while and it was kind of back and forth and then my sister just got me a ticket without asking me. Yes, I know, I wasn't involved. So that kind of happened and that put us in front of a conundrum of we both wanted to do a rewatch of Lucifer and we really wanted to get into it. So we started searching for a podcast that would help us do that. Spoiler, there wasn't any one. There is a few Lucifer podcasts, but none of them was what we wanted to listen to. We have very specific podcast tastes. That is very true. We asked around and somebody told us, well, you should start your own. And we brushed it off, laughed about it and started watching the episodes while making notes. And then we sent the notes to each other, compared, talked about it and moved on to another episode. While we were watching this, I kept nagging both Vero and her sister that they should come to the New Year's convention because I wanted to see them and they wanted to see me and also... I promised to bring another friend with me whom they had met at the second Supernatural convention. I nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged and finally they decided they would come. I might or might not have bribed them with alcohol. I don't know what you're talking about. You can start to notice a certain theme here. (laughs) So in seriousness, I think there was a little bit of a hint to it a few weeks before Destiny whereas I was thinking about actually having the desire to create a podcast for a while because I have been working with my voice for a while and I've been told that my voice can be quite soothing and stuff like that and I just kind of wanted to do something creative and because somebody suggested this before I started thinking about it on a more serious note but I wasn't sure if Lena was serious about it as well and what do you know she <laughs> had texted me me a day after I was thinking about this asking me if I was serious <laughs> about the podcast and that sparked a conversation which we stopped straight away and we said look let's not talk about this now we're gonna see each other in person in a few weeks we can talk about it there we can think about what we want to do yeah and we're gonna have a better idea by then right and that's what happened and then we sat outside smoking drinking and we were both sitting on the same couch uh, you're making me sentimental And we talked about what we wanted from a podcast in rough sketches. Both of us committed then and there to actually do this. And we scheduled then and there our first date where we assigned homework to each other and research, made a Google calendar and a shared Google Doc. And the pre-production started. That was hilarious, yeah. Yeah, it was a surprisingly short amount of time before we actually released our teaser. It was only two months. Yeah. Going into the next self-question, when we started talking about this, to be honest, I did not expect us to actually not only record episodes, but to actually start releasing episodes. I have started so many projects with people and I'm very much used to people flaking out on me. And while I was not hoping for it, I would not have been surprised because experience had taught me that no matter how much you think of another person, they 
might still flake on you. Life will happen and time constraints will not allow it or whatever. So when we actually were done with our test recordings and we started scheduling the actual bi-weekly releases, that was for me the point where I realized we're actually gonna do this. And once we released the first episode, then it was clear for me we're gonna do at least the first season. We're not gonna do one episode and then not. Season one is now a given. Duh, we're now recording the summoning episode, so obviously season one happened. But in retrospect, I did not actually expect this to be a thing. I'm still extremely surprised that we do have patrons. I know, right? It feels extremely surreal that there are people willing to pay us regular amounts of money. All of those things have proven me wrong from my initial expectation. And all the hours that we have spent talking about season one have pretty much proven to me and cemented for me that, yeah, we're, we're not just gonna do one season, we're gonna do them all. No matter how many they're gonna squeeze out. So, retrospect for you, Vero. How was your initial expectation of us? To be honest, I hoped that you're gonna help me to stick to it because I did have a big desire to do this and I really wanted to. But I do have a track record of giving up. (laughs) But usually that's because the other person flakes out on me and I just don't have the energy to drag it all myself. And because you're so productive... I have actually found myself in a situation where I couldn't disappoint you. (laughs) I'm an extremely competitive person. But also, I like to have the upper hand in a sense of I need to do at least the same amount as you. Otherwise, I feel bad about myself. I have not expected when we first sat down and talked about this that I'm gonna become so fond of our weekly conversations and how easy it's gonna be to integrate them into my life. And now I can't imagine not doing this. I can imagine not editing. But (laughs) I can't imagine not having the conversation every week about everything and nothing. If we ever get a thousand patrons, then maybe we can think about hiring a professional editor. (laughs) That would be lovely. If we ever get to a thousand patrons, I will probably be so skilled in editing that we will not need one. We'll see. Edit it in five minutes. Abracadabra. I don't think that's how it's working. You don't know. It's not like we have any experience with this. Not to cut you off, but if that is your retrospect, you just offered me a perfect segue. Speaking of babbling... You chose that as a segue, okay. Speaking of babbling and the nightmare of editing, as the wonderful review by Lada pointed out, we're not always sober when we record. There are episodes where we have recorded sober, there are episodes where we have recorded drunk, and there has been at least one episode where we recorded hungover on one side. From my experience editing this season the worst one is the hungover one which i did not expect i really did expect for the drunk episodes to be most difficult they are the longest but once you get to the point of actually editing it down it's not so bad because at least it's funny i'm actually curious in a few episodes we actually tell you that we're drinking but not always in some of the episodes where we're drinking we're not drunk drunk we're having a bit of alcohol but we're not drunk. So I'm actually curious if you as a listener have any idea which was our drunkest episode, which was the hungover one and which was one of our sober ones. There's there's more than one. (laughs) If you send in a correct guess 
sober episode correct number, drunk episode correct number, and hungover episode correct number, then we will send you a pack of stickers. I do wonder if that comes through. <laughs> I'm super curious. Speaking of editing and recording in a different state, friendship and podcasting. Effects and pitfalls. This is the name of the bullet. And it's also the last point before we go into spoiler territory. As we have now described, Vero and I had been friends for not even a full half year before the idea of a podcast came. And we have been friends for just over half a year before we started. Mm -hmm. Now that we're done with the first season, we have only known each other for a year. It is a very interesting relationship. Yeah, we learn a lot about each other while we have these debates. And we spend a lot of time with each other. Because let's be serious, there are people that I have known for much longer that I don't spend half as much time with. But let's face it, I'm a fucking delight. If you say so. <laughs> No, but the thing is, it's really interesting because you and I go to a lot of conventions. And while I am even more outgoing, you also, you're not extremely socially awkward. You talk to people. Not if I can help it. Didn't strike me like that on the events we went to together. I talk to people who seem like cool people. And the people who offer me alcohol, obviously. That is a valid choice that you only speak to people that speak to you on whatever kind of level. We meet people and we know people and we interact with a lot of people online because of different communities that we're part of and we're part of different fandoms. But there are very few people that each of us has that we interact with on such a regular basis. Mm. And listeners, you guys only hear the part where we talk about the episode. Usually we have between half an hour up to two hours, either before or after the episode. Or both. Where we talk about ourselves, work, emotions, relationships to other people, not in romantic relationships, but just like general relations or just the fucking world in general. I have to say that making a podcast with someone that I actually want to be friends with and care about has had an extreme positive effect for me for our friendship. For sure. Because I know a lot more about you than I probably would know had we not started doing this podcast. And I also care more because in parts I am dependent on you. If you decide Lena sucks and you fuck off, then this thing is not gonna happen. So I care more about you than a random person that I met at an event. Probably. Probably. <laughs> it makes sense. I have the same thing. Obviously. Because like we spend hours upon hours talking every week. We haven't recorded anything last week and we still ended up chatting for at least four hours. Yeah. Yes, about the podcast, obviously, but just about stuff. And we accepted both the fact that this is now part of our lives that we are not willing to give up, which is beautiful to know that, yes, we are depending on each other, but it goes both ways. And it's enjoyable and I love it. What I really appreciate about our friendship, our what I love about our friendship is that we can get into a massive fight. <laughs> 40 minutes. <laughs> I honestly, at that moment, I felt like I wanted to punch you in the face. Same. <laughs> 
And it felt that way. It was very high emotions. Oh, we were both so angry and sure of our own standpoint or position. Exactly. And it was the first time it was this intense, but we had a similar situation before when we were recording our trial episodes before we actually launched the Lucifer podcast. But the fact that we can have a conversation like this and we can get to these heightened emotions and still end up on the other side, talking through it, end the conversation with a smile on our faces, I think says a lot about our friendship, about what we have built in the last few months. And it can feel like a pitfall when you're in the middle of it. Oh yeah. But in the end of the debate, it's just something that makes our friendship stronger and better. And honestly, I feel that our arguments, especially the content that we had to cut because it was way too lengthy, makes the podcast in itself more concise Mm -hmm. and better all around. And I'm fully aware we're just in our first season this is the very first podcast we have done so there's a lot of room for improvement Mm -hmm. I know you even more than me are someone who's a perfectionist and striving to be the best that we can be Uh no never but I feel we're on a good path so there are pitfalls but at this point I'm quite confident that we will walk and work through whatever pitfalls show up that feels like a really nice end to discussion about ourselves, which was way longer than I expected. Like I said, sorry listeners for rambling. Don't be sorry. Not surprising when we talk about ourselves. A, is there no structure? And B, is a lot of content. Don't worry, I'll cut it. While it was lengthy, I think that this will give people a very good sense of who each of us is, how we connected and how our relationship to each other is, which I kind of want to know more about it. And listeners, if you don't care, that's perfectly fine. No worries. You can just hit skip. Before we go to the spoiler part, any listeners who do not want to be spoiled, thank you for spending time with us during our very, very first summoning episode. We really appreciate your listening, your caring. And if in the future you feel like sending us any commentary or feedback, we would appreciate it even more. Or leave us a review. iTunes review would be appreciated even more because like Vero pointed out earlier, this really helps the reach of the podcast. And if you want to stay unspoiled, please stop the episode now or at least during the music that is coming up next because afterwards there might be spoilers for the entire thing of Lucifer. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'll spoil you now. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. What's gonna happen now is that we're gonna try to remember what happens in season two. Now that it's just us few. When it's just us who actually saw the show before. That being said though, we may have a little jumbled what's in season two and what's afterwards. So there is a chance that we might mention things that happen later. This part is just us trying to figure out 
what we think happens so we can guess and we can come back to it after season two and laugh in our faces. Basically try to remember what we remember and then see if we remember correctly or if our brains are just bullshit. Exactly. As we talked about in the normal part of the episode, my first watch and only watch has been a bit longer ago than Vero's. So my memory is more hazy and thus I will start... I'm 99.9% sure that Dan stays on the fucking police force because I remember being extremely angry about that because I did not expect that. I don't remember why he gets to stay on. I think it's something with he plays a part in pointing out corruption or whatever. So he, he stays on the force. I remember that Amenadiel's wings get broken. He loses his powers in part or in total and I remember this one scene where he opens his wings and they're all like grayish bad and falling down so he's losing his wings I remember the mom part because I really like the actress Trisha Helfer she was fucking amazing I remember that she wasn't as intimidating or scary as I would have liked. Because she's this primal force contained in a human body. But somehow it never felt actually dangerous. I remember stuff that definitely happens after season 2. I do not remember how season 2 ends at all. I literally cannot remember the season 2 finale. But I also don't remember how many episodes season two has. So <laughs> that might play into it. Is season two also the season where we get the forensic scientist character? You mean Ella? Yeah. Yes, because the way they set up the first episode, I believe, is that she is the new woman in Lucifer's life. The first one that we meet. And he is trying to figure out if she's mom. Ah, right, 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 right. So Ella is gonna be a new thing in season two. And I will have so many opinions on her. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. That's gonna be a very, very bad point between the two of us. I expect it. If you think that I didn't like Chloe, wait until you hear me talk about Amy. Uh, Ella, sorry. How dare you? Don't you talk shit about Amy? She's the fucking best. Everything else that I remember is later. So people, if you are only interested in season two, please hold your ears for like one or two minutes. Just quick fire. Mom getting stabbed. God showing up is both in season three, right? Is it season two? As far as I know, doesn't it finish with mom leaving the world and leaving Charlotte behind? Is mom only season two? I think so. And then season three would be Charlotte as herself. And Eve showing up. No, that's season four. Eve shows up when it moves to Netflix, right? Ah, so season three is Kane. Yes. So mom is season two, Kane is season three, and Eve is season four. Yes, and season five is coming up. Okay. And when is the episode with Timothy Amundsen? It needs to be when mom is still there because they dance together. All right. Okay. So listeners, get your fingers out of your ears if you ever put them in. So both my memories apparently also relate to season two, which is 
the end of season two all i'm saying is timothy amundsen he gives me life i love him he's so good he is so good this being said this is all i have to say vero take it away okay i remember a slight more there's no guessing that's this is not gonna be fun at all to listen back to i remember ella showing up and i remember appreciating having strongly believing christian character smushed into it just to kind of see the interaction between uh, i know that you hate you're gonna hate this but just to kind of see the interaction between somebody who has faith on like a longer basis because lucifer just kind of like faces somebody who believes that he is real maybe not himself but the idea of lucifer himself is is real and she doesn't hate him she doesn't take him as satan so that's kind of what i like about that so much debate coming up yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun with that one i remember trisha helfer being mom aka charlotte and i adore her she is such a good actress i remembered something oh did you does dan fuck charlotte when she's still mom obviously oh Oh, I had nearly forgotten this. I remember that, yes, Dan stays in the force somehow and I am too clueless on why and how that happened. So we, we're gonna see about that. I know that Dan and Chloe will give their relationship another shot. What? I also don't remember how and why, but they will end up uh, realizing that it's over and they need to let it go, which is gonna result with Dan sleeping with Charlotte, aka mom, which is gonna be super awkward for Lucifer in a minute deal. I can't fucking wait because I remember loving that part. What is gonna be the argumentation that Chloe gives Dan another shot? I don't know. I don't remember that. I'm gonna be so angry. Yes. I'm gonna guess. It's something like we have a child together. Let's give it one more go just to make sure that we did everything we can to give our child both parents. Something in that sense. I'm gonna be so angry. If I remember correctly, it will turn out that mom likes Lucifer better over Ames and Ames is gonna be super pissed about that. Which is not surprising because like I said, Ames is the daddy boy so exactly do you remember anything for linda or mace i'm not sure i think this is a season where mace and chloe move in together yes 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 and she becomes a bounty hunter and she becomes a bounty hunter so i'm so excited about that it's so mace i'm gonna be gushing trixie and mace are gonna grow their relationship and i am here for it bitch which season is the four women going out drinking I remember one scene with Ella, Chloe, Linda and Mace going out for drinks. I was trying to remember this. I feel like this is the Kane season. I think it's season three, yeah. Anyhow. It's hilarious how much we mush all of it together. Yeah. <laughs> I distinctly remember season three finale, I think. Is it the one with the wings? Yeah. I think that's season four finale. Oh no, sorry. I keep thinking that season six is coming out now. No, it's season three before they let it go to Netflix and then they did this and they canceled the show. Which was like, oh my fucking God, are you kidding me? So because they canceled the show with that, they decided they shot three episodes that are standalones. Yeah, and I hated those. Oh, this is something we're going to have to talk about then. I just remembered something else with the Amanda Deal's wings are falling apart. Oh, 
I forgot to talk about that. There's a realization that basically the state of their wings and Lucifer's devil face. Oh, wait, is that the season where Lucifer wakes up in the middle of the desert with his wings? Or is that the next one? I think it's the same season because Ames is losing his wings and Lucy can't get rid of his. Yeah, I think so. And then we start the debate about the free will and how much of what they do is actually caused by what they think. Yeah, but I don't know which season that is. Dear listeners, as you might have noticed, while we remember quite a bit, we don't remember when what happened. Well, we remember quite a bit about season two. I don't remember what of those things is part of season two. Well, that's the thing, that we remembered some really specific things. And I think that we remember the general plotline. But everything else just got smushed into a massive bunch of random facts. I'm very excited about some of these things because I didn't realize that Mace is moving in with Chloe this season already. I'm gonna be so into that. That's the best, like Mace and Trixie interactions. No, also Chloe and Mace moving into each other because this is uh, a relationship that I did not expect to form. I remember being super happy when she moved in with her, but it also doesn't click with Chloe and Dan actually trying again. I don't know, we'll see. I'm extremely confused. Anyhow, enough for our bubbles. I think this wraps up all of what we think we remember as our show notes for this summoning episode are gonna tell you might contain wrong information (laughs) and spoilers for everything that ever happened warning 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 with that being said thank you for spending those hours with us not just for this episode but for the last 13 episodes and uh, we both truly hope that you will continue listening to our journey through the entire content that is Lucifer the TV show. Yeah it's been a journey and there's more in front of us and I for one am extremely excited. Thank you so much for being here with us for this. And thank you, Lina, for being such a good sport. And bear with me for those hours, because I know that I can sometimes get quite difficult and hard-headed. This goes both ways. True. I am fully aware. Thank you for agreeing instantly with me. (laughs) All right. And with this... Thank you all. You can find us on patreon.com slash TOT podcast. You have to go on the direct link because as you might have noticed, we curse a lot. So our content is marked as explicit. No searching for it. Just a direct link. We are Of course, on Spotify and iTunes. Speaking of iTunes, reviews do help us a shit ton. If you want to do that and leave us a review, if you have an iTunes account, you don't need to create an iTunes account just to do that. But if you do want to do that, go for it. If you want to connect with us on any other level, you can come over to our Twitter at the Apple of Truth in one word. And you can also find us on Instagram at TAOT Podcast, where mostly I post loads of weird pictures and screenshots of us recording and bullshit like that. (laughs) It's a lot of fun there. You can also find us on Facebook under both of these names. So please do write us, do tweet at us. We will love the interaction we really really appreciate you being out there speaking of writing if you are not a fan of social media or if you want to send in lengthy lengthy feedback we do have an email address which is lucifer at tiot-podcast.com 
But we have mentioned all of these during this immensely long episode numerous of times. So if there's anything you feel like you need to know, please, please, please do interact with us, do text us or DM us any way that you find possible. And now that we have pestered you enough, thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.